Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have my friend George Abreu. George has been investing in real estate for over 15 years. He has also started and built a construction company, bringing in over $30 million in yearly revenue and growing. George and his company, Elevate, currently have almost 7,000 doors and $450 million under management. And you guys are banging out deals. That number might be blown away since the last time I got it. Yeah, I mean, we've got a, quite a bit in the pipeline right now. So nice. here shortly. You guys, yes. you guys have been busy. So welcome, George. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I've been full-time real estate investor for about 15 years now. I have a degree in electrical engineering, went to UPS to work in their engineering department, and that didn't last very long. I mean, I was doing real estate on the side, and I knew I didn't want to do engineering. So eventually quit my W-2, and back then, started with single family, then did some small multifamilies, started a construction company along the way to kind of scale, and then got introduced to multifamily syndications about five years ago, like four and a half, five years ago. Fell in love with it. I mean, it was the instant scale part of it. So I started putting all my focus towards that, as well as the construction company and my investments. And like you said, you know, since then we've acquired right under 7,000 units, I believe, and trying to hit 10,000 by the end of this year. Debt market is trying to stop me, but you know, we're still pushing. Yeah. I've got a bunch of deals in escrow, buying and selling, and everything just takes so much longer. The third parties, the lender documents, and a lot more pain to close a deal than it used to be. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Takes an army. <laughs> yep. Today, we're going to talk about CapEx and who better to talk about CapEx than someone that owns a construction company. And so you got your degree in electrical engineering. Going into a construction company, what was that impetus and, and process for that? I mean, other than everybody around me thought I was crazy when I first said it. You know, I had some experience for sure. My uncle owned a construction company. I worked for him sort of as his assistant for two summers. And then the engineering department within UPS is more of a glorified GC, is essentially what I was, an in-house construction department. So I thought with that background, I could jump into it and I felt it was necessary at the point where where we were at because of the volume I was trying to do and kept getting burned by contractors and just couldn't find enough good ones. So that's what led me down that path. And then, I mean, it's definitely been a journey. I've learned a ton, but it's definitely helped us with our success in multifamily. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm curious, when you walk a property, what do you see versus someone that doesn't have your background? What are they missing? What are the key things? You know, I think it's a lot of the stuff that's not obvious, right? You know, somebody can obviously walk a property and say, okay, this needs new paint, but how about the siding and how about the stucco? Like what condition is that in? And are we gonna have to put money towards that? Things like poor drainage. A lot of these properties have really poor drainage and it causes other issues. So, you know, they might notice that the foundation shifting. Well, that's probably shifting because you have poor drainage. So things like that, not necessarily the pretty things that are going to make the property look much better, but it's going to harden the property and, you know, make it easier to operate. And, you know, obviously working with a lot of other operators, they hire your construction company. What are some of the mistakes operators typically make when it comes to CapEx? undercapitalizing the deal to begin with, you know, if they don't take the time or have professionals look at things during their due diligence, just not catching some of the stuff I just mentioned. Plumbing is a big one. I've seen, you know, they, especially on these older properties on the class C where you've got cast iron or older materials, you really should scope all your lines and get an idea of what you're going to need because that can be really costly. And another mistake I've seen is maybe they get the deferred maintenance right and they get that inspected and they get pricing on it, but then they don't get pricing on their upgrades and their renovations and they don't have a clear picture on that. And then they're kind of scrambling when they get started and they don't have enough money. So then they can't do everything. So yeah, just taking the time to get organized, build that scope, make sure you know what you're looking at and what your final scope of CapEx is going to be and then making sure you have a price right. Yeah. And with inflation these days, you might be working on your CapEx two months before, but if you're not, you know, before you get the deal, three months before you get the deal. And if you're not revising, you could be hundreds of thousands of dollars short of your CapEx project by the time you're ready to get to it. Very true, man. The the materials, it's been kind of crazy. There's no logic to it. You know, all of a sudden the flooring will go up and then all of a sudden, you know, something else will go up and yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been, you know, we really got into a habit now of having much greater increase in those sorts of things where even like, well, two years ago, you wouldn't have that and you can definitely get screwed. So it's, yeah, it's very important for new operators out there to really build in a much greater percentage of increase in costs and not just for that, but labor and everything down the line. Yeah. And I think the market has helped with some of the operators that weren't doing that, right? Because we've had such a great run in the real estate market. But you know, as things begin to change, you're going to start to see the deals that were having issues or are having issues. And what have you changed your CapEx strategy as you know, interest rates are rising and there's you know, softening for some pricing out there? Does that change what you're underwriting for and your current properties? Some of our current properties, we've made some adjustments, um, you know, even with some of these rent bumps and We've definitely been able to push some of our rents without having to do too much. So making those adjustments. And then as far as looking at new properties, you know, we're making sure not to spend more than we need to. I mean, we always do, but now more than ever, (laughs) we're making sure to do that because the rent bumps, it's not sustainable, right? Like what's been happening, you're not going to be getting 15% increase in rents. So we're taking that into account. And you know what is the best bang for your buck when you're looking at your capex? You know what kind of projects do you you know target? You know anything that's going to help us increase the income, right? Is always great. You know it's it's hard to put a return on investment on other items that don't directly do that. But with that said, we do think that the curb appeal and really changing that look and feel of the apartments 
does lead to making those increases for the interior units easier. So we spent a good amount on our exterior paint, our signage, landscape. Like we really want to transform that property. Tell me about the hardest project, you know, that ended up turning out really good, but like, you know, a struggle and something that you had to work through for your CapEx. Okay. So mainly for CapEx, not necessarily. Oh, it could be regular, whatever. (laughs) I mean, the hardest deal we've had to work through period was deal we were set to close April of 2020, you know, COVID came out and that deal, we ended up closing it August of 2021, I want to say, and went through a lot to get that done. So that one, you know, one point we had lost about $800,000 in that journey, (laughs) but we kept with it. We were consistent and we got creative. We changed the whole business plan. We went from typical value add deal to changing the property to a lie tech and getting tax certificates. Now it's an amazing deal. So Nice. Yeah. That, that skill, being able to pivot and come up with solutions is to me like the most critical skill as, you know, as an owner, as an asset manager, because you got to be able to pivot. I think for a business in general, like the businesses that can do that and position themselves to be able to pivot and adjust to different markets are the ones that survive and the ones that can't do it are the ones that you see that fail. Yeah. Yeah. Always got to be improving. Always got to be coming up with new ideas. You know, it's constantly evolving. And if you're not saying us up with it, you are falling behind. Yeah. Well, George, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. One question I ask all of our guests is what is your asset management superpower? Ooh, asset management superpower. I think we have a really good team and ability to track how our properties are performing on a weekly basis. And not waiting till management gives us reports, you know, really tracking it real lifetime, real time, and then making those adjustments as needed. And I think we're also really good at other income. Nice. And where can listeners find out more about your company? On our website. So elevatecig.com. We're constantly updating it. A bunch of free content on there. If they want to shoot me an email, they can do that as well, which is my first name, George, spelled Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at elevatecig.com. If they mention this podcast, I'll send over what I call my arsenal of free content. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, George. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, Head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.